0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Our opening prayer, the Collect of the Day, prays that we might persevere with steadfast faith. Many of us know the meaning of that first word, to persevere. It made headlines with a certain senator not too long ago. Many of us have persevered through academic programs to reach the goal. Um, some have persevered through hard financial times or through bad health or challenging health situations. Some have persevered with difficult family members or spouses and Situations in which one's whole life prays for change. But what does it look like for our prayer to suggest that we persevere with steadfast faith? How do we add faith to our perseverance so that it's not just an exercise of us toughing it through something, but of God's cooperation in God's divine plan How do we look for God when we're just about ready to give up? We don't want to persevere. We want to run or quit. Well, in the reading from Genesis, we encounter Jacob just as he's ready to give up. The scripture says that Jacob is greatly afraid and distressed, but that probably doesn't even begin to describe what he was feeling. If you remember the stories about Jacob and his brother Esau, Jacob is afraid because he's about to meet his brother Esau, who he has cheated twice before. In fact, Jacob even tricked out their father's blessing for himself rather than the first son. And so now he's heard that Esau has 400 uh, people with him, and there's going to be a confrontation Jacob gets ready and tries to prepare for what's ahead. He divides his family and possessions in case of an attack from his brother. But then the night before the meeting, Jacob sends everybody away and spends some time alone, presumably in prayer. And there, Jacob's alone time probably does what it sometimes does for us when we hope to get away and and settle and get peaceful. All of a sudden, he's face-to-face with all of his deepest worries, his fears. But he's also alone with God. In that loneliness, there's a wrestling match. A mysterious figure appears and struggles with Jacob But Jacob refuses to give in. He persists. He perseveres. In the struggle, Jacob is wounded, but he continues to fight. He presses on and eventually asks the stranger to bless him. And that stranger, who actually turns out to be an angel of the Lord, changes Jacob's name. Jacob becomes Israel, a name that includes the power of this struggle. And the stranger then leaves Jacob. He blesses Jacob, but also throws his hip out of joint to give him something to remember the occasion by. Not only is this a great story, but I think it's an important story for the church. It's an important story for each one of us. The story of Jacob is important because it frames our struggles and urges us on. It suggests that when we're struggling to persevere, it it says something about our own struggles with faith, even with God. The answer to our questions doesn't always come easily in the light of day. Sometimes we bear the wounds of the struggle in the dark, and sometimes for time afterwards. But we can also come to know God in a new way through the struggle. It can even feel like God is giving us a new name Maybe we feel a little wounded in some way or another, but in another sense, we're, we're stronger and more driven and more directed, God having relieved us from whatever the thing was we didn't need to be distracted by. After all, some of the most dramatic paintings of Jesus show him resurrected in glory, but he still bears his wounds. The wounds don't go away completely. Completely. In our gospel, there's another kind of struggle. We don't know the lady's name, but perhaps we know somebody like her. Maybe we know somebody who perseveres and refuses to give up, who demands what's right and refuses to settle. Well, the judge, we're told, fears neither God nor any woman or man. The judge is filled with himself, probably, and looks no further But this woman keeps on going. She takes her complaint to the judge day after day. Finally, the judge doesn't really care about the woman's case, and he tries to ignore her for a while, but finally gives up. He he says, Because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll grant her justice so that she won't wear me out by continually coming. The verb the judge uses in the Greek for for being worn out by the woman is the same verb that's used uh, to describe boxing. And so it's as though the judge is saying, this woman is sort of beating me up with this daily persistence. I've had enough of it. The woman seems to know her target, and she's ready to strike whether the judge is worried about getting a black eye of some kind from the woman or whether he's just worried about getting a tarnished uh, reputation, he's worried enough that he eventually breaks down and gives her what she's wanting. It's by her persistence, her, her perseverance, that she wins her case. Now, Jesus doesn't mean to compare the uncaring judge with God. What Jesus is doing instead is making a, a, an argument that was very popular in rabbinic circles in which he 's arguing from a smaller thing to a greater thing, and so Jesus is basically saying, "If this judge who is unjust and respects no authority outside himself, if this if this wicked judge hears the plea of the persistent woman, how much more will our good and loving God?" Listen to those who persist in prayer. God created us, after all. God has put within us, through God's Spirit, um, the way to pray, even when we don't have words for our prayers. Just as Jesus was human and divine, it makes sense that our own spirituality, in our own prayer life, whether it's quite full or still developing, that our own prayer life might reflect both the human And the divine. We pray out of our very human hearts when we ask for what we want and need. We put piety aside. We might hear those little voices, well, it's wrong to ask for what we really want. But we do it anyway. We persist. We argue with God. We can struggle. We can nag God. We can even whine. We have a great model in Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays to God, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Jesus asks for what he wants. But then there's that other part, that part of our spirit that's called to imitate and grow into Christ, to struggle with the angel of the Lord as we try to discern what God's will for us might be and how the prayer can be prayed Remember, in the garden, Jesus concluded his prayer by asking for what he wanted. Then, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours. Your will be done, O God. One version of Luke's gospel then continues the story and says, Then an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and gave him strength. Strength sometimes comes in that very moment of giving up, of giving over to God. And then God's will is slowly unveiled. In today's gospel, Jesus tells this parable, we're told, to remind his disciples that they should pray always and not lose heart. Both the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel and the story with the woman who perseveres with the judge can make the spiritual life sound a little lonely if we just look at them as individual stories. But remember that we are here together, hearing these stories that countless people of faith, Jews and Christians, have also heard and continue to hear. These stories sustain the church. They always have, they always will, reminding us that we may struggle, but we can persevere in faith as individuals, and we're never left alone. We're still within the community of faith. Like Jacob, even on the darkest of nights, the entire family of faith is just over the hill, even if we can't make them out. May we be strong in our faith. May God be merciful to us, even as we're strengthened, so that we too truly may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.